Hello and welcome to the Sleeper 2022 podcasts, a series of conversations with the major players in the world of hospitality experience and design. Today, I'm delighted to introduce Ed Ng, interior designer, co-founder and principal of AB Concept, founded in Hong Kong in 1999, alongside architect and partner Terence Nyang. Their first projects were residential, with one client liking the design enough to put them forward for some hospitality work. And so began their specialization in hotels and F&B projects in particular. They've worked with Rosewood, Four Seasons, Mandarin Oriental, Ritz-Carlton, Waldorf Astoria, creating compelling environments in the luxury hotel space. Their work has an understandably pan-Asian geographical bias that has latterly expanded to Europe with several projects in London, the Côte d'Azur, the Portuguese Algarve, and also the Middle East. Other residential and commercial projects sit alongside product design with furniture, textile, and lighting partners such as Poltrona Frau, Taiping, and various products with Lasvit, the Czech glassmakers. Lasvit also create the wonderful trophies for Sleepers Ahead Awards, a celebration of the very best in hotel experience and design globally. And AB Concept have a couple of Ahead trophies on the shelves of their studio for their work at the Four Seasons Kuala Lumpur. Today we will discuss the way they work, the way they create. I'm Guy Dietrich, Editor-at-Large of Sleeper Magazine, and this is the Sleeper 2022 podcast series. Ed, thank you for joining us. I'd like to put some context around AB Concept. Um, Tell us about your sort of main values and and core ideals. I think the core um, ideals for us, it's about creating the moment. And I think now... Uh, after the last few years, we look into ourselves and we look into all our works. And then we, we try to understand, we, because we've been starting our business for close to 25 years. And then so last two years, we went through a, a branding consultant and then we, we studied through like all the projects we do, what, all the value. And finally, uh, it, it actually resolved a riddle. That uh, because everyone has been asking us what is the name AB stands for. Um, so uh, do you know? <laughs> I, I don't, but I saw on your website uh, it, you've, you've put there about being, so the A and the B. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes, uh, like back in the, I mean, I would say even a few years ago, when people ask us what is AB stands for, um, we just came up with an idea, we just say, okay, A is uh, architectural, B is bespoke. Um, and I think I told you the story before, it was actually because uh, as in your intro, my friend just got me into a project set, so I need a, I need a business station right away. So, you know, there's some ready-made company, ready-registered company. So the, the, the accountant sends through a deck of A4 paper with all the names. And then just right on the first page, I see A, B concept, I said, Okay, that's it. It looks like a it looks like a, a design company's name. So just take that one. So and then and then it sounds like a design firm, right? So and then I I then we've been lived with that. And but but over the years you have no idea how many times I encountered these questions. And then so I just say, okay, A must be architectural, B must be this book. But I never feel so um, competent like with this name, I mean, deep inside, because I know that's not really meant for. But until the last few years, when I do, when we do this whole exercise, when we look at all the, when when people keep asking us questions, and then so we look deeply, deeply into ourselves. And then I realize about being is really 
the the it's 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 the the it's actually the uh, the answer of this riddle. Very good. I, I I love this idea of then sort of concocting the a reason for why A B should work for yourself. Um, a bit like uh, Jean Michel Gatti and Deniston, um, again a shelf company, uh, and that's just it's stuck with him. Uh, and I don't think he has an answer for Deniston, by the way. Um, you've worked with with many prestigious brands. We we discussed. Uh, I mentioned some of them earlier. Um, how how have you nurtured those those relationships? What is the key to you uh, for of, of a good designer client relationship? Well, I think uh, that's one, just one keyword between designers and client is trust. But then behind the trust, there's a lot of things that we need to, to build a point because the, you can imagine a client, I mean, they, they pay you the design fee, but after all, you, they need to spend a fortune to, to build and based upon your vision and then to and then and then they have to live with your design for the years to come and your design also will be a key factor for their success so i think that really makes uh, uh the trust became the most important um uh elements between our relation and i would say but the to let them to trust you the first thing is you have to show them your you your understanding, yeah. So you have to show them that you understand about them and what they really want from you, from your design. Getting back to this idea of, of what your core values are, um, is that is that one of them? Is, is this the ability to understand what your client needs? Well, I think I think one key thing is uh, I think also from our perspective is how how we look at ourselves. I mean, in front of the client. I know when maybe when I just start a company, uh, when Terence and I start AB Concept, we all maybe we consider ourselves as a as a service provider. So you have a home, you so I I I'm here, or, or you have a you have a restaurant, so I you just appoint me to design something for you. But I think as as we we start getting more experienced, and then I realize my our role has changed now. We are actually the cultural partner instead of a service provider. We work with you. It's basically you. This is how you can. This is basically the only way you can offer beyond just doing the floor plan, just putting the materials together. But you actually working as a cultural partner to develop because a hotel, a restaurant, it's a it's a culture. So you want to develop these things together. I mean, because what. Ultimately, what you deliver is beyond just a space, but it's, it's an emotion. So this is a, this is really essential that you develop this culture together. Delivering emotion, love that, love that. Um, what were you? What would be your sort of key takeaways when you when you sort of start designing from scratch? That sort of blank bit of paper. Um, client says, "Please give me something." What are the key sort of guides to your to your design process? Well, I think the, the the key elements is really about, um, uh, as I mentioned, the it, it's about creating a, the moment, creating the memory imprints. Yeah, like so, it has to create an imprint in your mind. So, because um, you know, one thing that I always uh, during the discussion with our design team, like day in day out basis, what I always examine ourselves or, or I, I share with my, my my team look at the design and imagine if you are the client to come into the space what do you remember one hour later 
and, and when you say client, are you thinking about the guest here or the client who's paying? The guest of the restaurant? Yes, I think let's say the patron, the the client, uh, the the guest. So when you come to a, whenever you come to a a restaurant, so if you you look at the design, imagine you are one of the guests of the hotel of the restaurants. So what do you remember uh, an hour later, or, or, or a day later, or a week later, or maybe a year later? So do you still remember things that you you or what the moment that you had experienced in that space? I think this is the best way so far uh, for me to 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 self judging or evaluate our own design. Yeah, if I mean if 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 we if like I said okay if I if I look at the design and say oh so if I maybe <laughs> maybe two days later I don't remember anything else. Then maybe so. Let's get back to the drawing board and start <laughs> keep keep design. Yeah, dead right. Um, yeah, creating memories. Let, let's talk about uh, aesthetics and functionality. Um, I'm guessing which is more important to you, uh, but you tell me what your sort of your, your your balance between those two elements is. Well, I well definitely definitely function function for sure. I mean that if if. Um, if a hotel or restaurant or any hospitality space or actually even any design, a product design, anything, if the, it doesn't work, then it's it's uh, I I don't care how beautiful it is. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to. Yeah, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. But, so, but some of your work is amazingly beautiful. I mean, you've gone from sort of quite a an austere minimalist style in your early years um, to to now a very uh, um, ornate, detailed, textured, patterned. Uh, uh, some incredible, uh, uh, as I say, detail in, in your work. Um, sometimes is that uh, a, a necessary, or is that adding to the function? Or well, we, like, like I mean, um, like a lot of time we we also discuss uh, about design, and I I always maybe maybe because we've been designing so many rest, great restaurants and and with celebrity chef, amazing chef. Um, I I start uh, like. I think um, after a while, I realized uh, designers and chef, uh, we there's some part of our create, creative journey is similar. Um, I'm always looking at the creative journey as a, as a, as a, like a chef, and then we to, we start with the ingredient. Yeah, we we so we look at all the so if I have a new projects coming, and then I will look at the when I call when I say re- ingredient, it can mean the culture, it can mean the location, it can mean um, the artisan. Uh, uh, avail- available in that neighborhood, in that city, in that region, and so it, so the and, and how people live, what's the lifestyle? So we can go through lots of this, this as an ingredient. So then, then as a chef, so we go, we look at all these ingredients. So we have all this table on top. So we need to think about how am I using this ingredient, but through the lens of AB concept, me, Terence, and our designers, and put them together. And cook it the way that we want it to look, AB concept, but still belongs to the brand, belongs to the region, belongs to the location. The secret sauce of AB concept. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, I, I mean, but with, when it comes to, to aesthetics, and, and I say you, you put a lot of attention, pay a lot of attention to uh, the, the detailing of a lot of the work you do, um, whether that's craftsmanship or, or, or materials that you, you've employed. Um, 
when do you, how much do you fight for those aesthetics or do you just sort of let it be value engineered out and like, ah, okay, whatever? Well, I think this is, um, again, this has come from the, the, the know-how that you've been, you've been accumulating over the years. Uh, I think this is what uh, essential for designer as, as they, they growing from, from a young designer to a fresh designer to a, to a well-seasoned designer. That's how, because we start knowing the, how to prioritize like each of the detail, each of the materials. So we know that something would be an icing on the cake, but something that's so essential, you cannot, you cannot just uh, give up. Like, so that's, um, I think this is all about prioritizing it. So these are the things that we, that's why also I, I remember I just say understanding. So it is really important that we need to sit down with the client. We need to understand the, the whole concern and then so that's the only way I can I can start uh, going through the priority the, the priority list with the with the whoever the QS and then to to start like playing this uh, what we call the, the the value engineering game yeah interesting Let, let's uh, let's continue that idea of, uh, of the value engineering with regard to materiality for example I've mentioned a number of the uh, uh, sort of the, the, the products and materials that you use. Um, these materiality could also be considered to be the ingredients, perhaps, of, of what you're, you're doing. Um, and, and I wondered how you go about selecting one over another. How are these decisions made? I mean, yes, there's a money issue, um, but but equally there's there's other considerations. In particular, I'm thinking about sustainability uh, in your material choices uh, with the idea of longevity. Well, I think definitely for uh, when we choose the material, um, a lot of time, um, it it's based on the the budget of course we start out with the the best possible your your dream uh specification that's i think every designer will start the same but but as we go down and then as we 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 uh, as uh, we start developing the design and then and when the quotation comes back a lot of time is then i would say is the the price would drive um but the sustainability definitely um it's is will became one of the key elements that uh criterias um but apart from being the the material itself but i the other part of the sustainability is how to retain the the the, the local craftsmen the artisans this kind of skills which i also personally find extremely important uh in as as a part as also as a big part of the sustainability um yeah because Especially when we're working for projects which uh, like cities like Kyoto and that kind of places that you really want to uh, you really want to let their work to shine uh, and then to integrate into the modern design. Um, so I think this is also a way to keep the longevity yeah of our of our, of of the culture and and how to how to bring yeah how to continue. I can understand that most times you would expect uh, uh, artisans, real craftsmen, to be using very traditional materials, which are usually long-lasting. What if they're using uh, cheap plastics, cheap glues, um, these sorts of things that maybe are not so sustainably uh, um, sufficient for for you or for your client? I think I think the, this is a very good question. So I think um, the fun part about collaborations is like we, I mean, we are not necessarily. 
to go to the to go to just walk into an artisan studio and say, "Oh, I want this ready from the shelf." But again, we're using the technique. We're using we we what we enjoy is this. We we always call this a collaborations. So we we like to if we see something that is that is maybe. Violating the, this kind of sustainability in terms of the material materials, yeah. So we will actually、um, discuss with them, and then maybe because they are very actually, I found most of the artisans today they are very open minded because because they want to bring this this longevity of their their skills, and and yeah. So they that's how how it, that's the fun part of it. Yeah, I can imagine that's a, it's an enjoyable process.、Um, let, let's take a, a move forward and、uh, look at some of your your latest work.、Um, if I think of、uh, the W Algarve,、um, this is a, a project、uh, recently finished.、Um, how, how do you find working in Portugal compared with Asia? For example, we talk about artisans. There's a real artisanal、uh, history and, and cultural uh, uh, emphasis in, in artisanal uh, work in Portugal. Wow, <laughs> well,、um, uh, to be diplomatic or what? <laughs> well, I think let's let's say、um, working in port. I mean, Asia. I would say in terms of the the timeline,、uh, we have a bit of a better control.、Um, but I think the the Portugal project, we were we, when we first get on board, we were we were. Taking it as a two to three year project maximum, but it finally ended up to be five to six years. I think that already says quite a lot. <laughs> of course, adding to、uh, adding the COVID in between, yes.、Yeah, so I think that's、uh, just to be fair that that happens. But I think in terms of、uh, working in Portugal, also、uh, it's it's very inspiring because、um, there's a lot of local artisans. I I really enjoy like going to the ceramic studios,、um, yeah. And then also the the stonemaker are wonderful there,、um, yeah. So I and then and then also I I always take a, a project、um, as as my as my life journey. So because. Um, because whenever I do a project, I have a reason to dive into a narrative of Algarve, like for this particular example, and then I need to study the history and 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 I I then I start to understand the Moorish influence of the the place. I understand about the fishing village. I understand about the 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 surfing culture, and so I think all these things. If I'm just Uh, if I'm just a tourist, and then maybe I don't go into that depth. But this, I, that's why I always enjoy doing projects in in the more exotic、uh, destination. That I it gives me every reason to 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 be a more、uh, to dive deeper into the insight and and to keep learning. Um, how do you you've done a couple of uh, W uh, properties? How do you think the 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 brand has evolved? The very first project that we involved is back in two thousand seven. It was the Bali W,、um, and then I I think now we we have been witness the the whole evolution、uh, of the brand, and then now I think the because the brand literally、uh, I think next year they are going to celebrate their twenty five、uh, to twenty fifth birthday.、Um, so which is quite I mean for a brand that that has 
bringing this lifestyle-driven brand uh, for the longevity, it's it's not easy. And and I think now they go they're moving into a much more uh, sophisticated uh, uh, way. Um, but while they still want this kind of um, a narrative-driven uh, uh, approach. Yeah, so that's uh, but just the I think just the way the whole the whole um, design languages has to be has to be more long lasting. You mentioned Kyoto and uh, the artisans there. You've got a project coming up uh, with Shangri La, also a, another brand really that is is, is seen a, a, a sort of shake up. Uh, if we look at the Shaogan property in uh, in Beijing, uh, the head uh, award winner for uh, for Asia uh, Hotel of the Year. Uh, what do you think about uh, what, what do you think about your work in in, in Kyoto? Um, now you see, I'm uh, for the last few years I've been living in Japan, so you can. Uh, I think that's uh, that already tells a lot about how much I like the culture. And then um, I think Kyoto has been a wonderful has been a wonderful inspiration for for me in terms of aesthetic, in terms of how how the design how the culture uh, really. Uh, evolve uh, with the design uh, together so uh, so designing this new project in Shangri-La uh, uh, it's again it's, it's like the Algarve project it gives me all the reasons to 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 know and to to sit down with all the artisans and explore what are the possibilities and I, I cannot give out too much for now, but I just I just really enjoy all these moments together. Yeah, it's either the it's either the the woodwork or the the kimono work, and so and the metal works and all kinds of artisans that that has been uh, extremely open minded, and and we we we're using the skill. And but we're doing something that they never done before. So I think this is this is the fun part, as I say it. Yeah, an ex- a good experience, a good adventure for everybody. A, a lot of your work is, is is when you brought it certainly to to Europe. If I think of um, uh, May Ume at the Four Seasons uh, Ten Trinity Square in London, um, an old building in which you sort of imparted a very Asian uh, uh, influence. Are you doing something in reverse when you're working on these projects? For example, at the, the, the Shangri La. Um, Bringing some Western influence into that that property, um, I think that part is because um, it's about the location. And for those who are familiar with the Kyoto, there's a there's a um, UNESCO site uh, which is um, uh, Konijo Castle. Um, so, which is uh, really important for uh, heritage for the Japan culture, and so it has. So what we learn, I mean, what I done is I go to the go to the the Nijo Castle uh, for like three four times, and then I had the, this kind of a really like the 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 tour that with the historical background to understand, and then but what we learn is really about the wisdom of of um, living, like how how this how this noble. In Japan, back in the history, how they live, how they how they enjoy this kind of aesthetic, which is very different from from the Western culture, and so these are the things that that I was I try to extract and then to apply in the, in the in a modern hospitality way. So these are again 
like the ingredient thing I talked about. So this is something I, I extract and then to to apply into a, a hotel that is opening in in this century. And 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 how how does that look? Just very very briefly, how, these these uh, more modern influences upon uh, a traditional way of living. Give us an example. Well, I think yes, I think definitely. Um, uh, for there are there are many new hotels opening in Kyoto uh, over the last, let's say five, six, or maybe even the last ten years. Uh, international brand and and I think this one what we try to do is uh, without getting into too minimalistic, without getting too zen, but we still try to bring in um, the this kind of uh, aesthetics. Yeah, so that's. Um, yeah, that's why I, I I was saying I I really take the the Nijo Castle. Yeah, the wisdom, how they live, how they entertain, because this actually is a residential. Yeah, it's a, like this imperial residential, and how this like how they entertain the 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 guests, and how they go into the entertainment, and then how they really they take time to take rest. And the, in, at night, so they all have different vibe and different space, and these are the wisdom, and these are the things that I want to reinterpret in the design. Wise words. Um, let's let's finish with the, a, a more uh, um, out there project, if you like. The, the, you're doing some work with uh, Rosewood in the Red Sea at the Red Sea project. Uh, give us a brief update on that. This is um, wow. This is a. Uh, 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 fun projects because um, we've been doing projects in Saudi. Uh, we just finished a, a Shangri-La last year in Jeddah, uh, which where the Formula One, uh, the, the venue, which was right uh, uh, on that. And then, so I, th then this Rosewood project came up, came uh, um, up and then, and then we realized uh, the, I mean, Red Sea, it's it's for us it's very exotic because you know Saudi has never been open for tourism and then it so basically the Red Sea is like an untouched paradise and so when they also when this project came uh, up and then it uh, so uh, Foster and Partners is already the the design architect and then um, so we and then the sustainability also has been is really like the key elements for the entire development and this also will have a will have a basically it's a new economy zone we have a new airport so there will be a, a, a whole cluster of um, amazing brands uh, uh in this mangrove islands and so this is um it's it's just i think that's just never happened before like really like from from zero yeah. So I um, and the rosewood is gonna be like the jewels in the crown, and then I I I would just uh, yeah. So we we really um, has um, well the I think the 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 interesting is like we need to study about the what are the cultural aspect we can extract from the the Saudi yeah from Saudi Arabia. So this is a again this for us is something brand new and and also the Red Sea culture. Um, so and also because the the brand Rosewood is all about um, a sense of place, yeah. So these are the things that really brings um, the the project getting really exciting. Very good, and and another great learning experience for you, and and for all of us. Hopefully, when we get out there to see it. Um, 
That's great, uh, Ed. I'm, I'm going to wrap it up now. Um, so thank you very much indeed for your time. Many thanks there to Ed Ng of AB Concept for joining us for this episode of the Sleeper 2022 podcast series. From service provider to cultural partner, a man totally immersed in his projects and very much following a collaborative way. Post-production is by James Green at Green Podcast Productions with promotion by Eleanor Howard. I'm Guy Dietrich. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>